Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is May the 23rd, and our chapter for today is Job chapter 39. Well, 39 continues what God started to ask Job in chapter 38, when he began to reveal himself to Job in a way that Job had never even imagined. Today, what I want to do is really talk to us about what Criswell used to call the great imponderables of God. You see, we're living in a generation, especially those in the generation 45 and below, that want everything in black and white. Now, I don't want to at all sound condescending. I don't want to sound like I know more than anyone else because I know the least of many of you who are listening to this podcast. But I do want to tell you that I've lived long enough and walked with God long enough, almost five decades now, to where I know that I know very little and that the great God of heaven is so gracious to us to let us know anything about him. And he's revealed himself to us. He has come to us. He has initiated toward us. But we like to have everything in neat little piles and neat little categories. And so there are all kinds of theologies and theological frameworks that are very common among us now, especially among the younger generation of what is called Calvinism, the five points of Calvinism. The five points of Calvinism came from the Synod of Dort. And at the Synod of Dort, you had Jacob Arminius, who gave his remonstrance, and John Calvin gave a contra-remonstrance. Jacob Arminius gave five points that talked about the great question of the Reformation, at least one of the great questions of the Reformation, and that is, how shall a man be made right with God? And so these were reactionary times and also actionary times when people were proactively seeking the face of God because they had learned to read the New Testament in the Greek text without any aids whatsoever. And this brought about a great period of regeneration and reformation. Without getting in and trying to get into all the history of the Reformation, I just want to talk about this particular aspect of the imponderables of God. So ever since the days of John Calvin and Jacob Arminius, who seem to sum up the sides that have developed since that day. Now, a lot of people believe like John Calvin did, or at least portions of what he did. Many believe like Jacob Arminius and many of the denominations that we have, they will base their theology in one or the other or some kind of offshoot from that synod. 
But that really summed up what the great Reformation debates were about the area of soteriology or the doctrine, the teaching of the Bible on salvation. And so if the Bible is going to be our final authority, then it needs to be that. And it does not need to be just the teaching of one man or one person in any time period and make that the final grid by which we judge all of our lives and our doctrine. You see, the Bible is the final authority to which every child of God should appeal. Not some theology book, because if we do that, we don't need to rail at the Jewish people for the Mishnah and the Gomorrah, which make up the Talmud, and rail against the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because we do the same thing when we appeal to the commentaries of a man or the theology or the teachings of a man as the final authority. But we are in a situation in our present day where many young theologians want everything in neat little piles and categories. And so Calvinism and the doctrine of soteriology as articulated by John Calvin and what his followers call the tulip, everything fits into little neat piles if you take John Calvin and the Calvinists, as they're called, doctrine of sin and the total depravity of man. Because you see, if you take John Calvin's definition, not necessarily a biblical definition, but John Calvin's definition of total depravity, then you're going to fall in line like dominoes falling for everything that John Calvin taught. I just do not believe in total depravity as John Calvin did. I believe in total depravity as the Bible teaches. And to some degree, everything fits into little piles. Now, why am I saying this? It's because this is what Job was wrestling with. He couldn't get his mind around everything. So he said, I'd really like to talk with God. Well, what he was in actuality saying is, I've got it all figured out. I know more than God. And when I talk with many young theologians and some older ones, I get the idea that they may think they've got it all figured out more than God and that they can work it all out. And if God would just listen to them, they would help him to explain it better to this generation. Well, let me just tell you something. You're never going to explain anything to God except confess your sin and your own depravity to him because God knows more. God knows more in every realm than we ever dreamed about knowing because he is totally transcendent and above us. And we're never going to know those great imponderables until we get to heaven and we may not know everything then. Because God chooses to reveal to us what he does. And if you listen to the great men of God down through the centuries, many who were called Calvinists like Spurgeon, if you listen to Charles Spurgeon preach some passages, you would think that he's a follower of Jacob Arminius. If you listen to him preach other passages, then you would believe that he is a total follower of John Calvin. But he was not. Because John Calvin is the father of Presbyterianism, and he was a totally covenant theologian, and uh, Charles Spurgeon was not that. He did not believe that infants could be baptized just because they're 
parents were followers of Jesus and in the household of faith, and they're born into a Christian family. Spurgeon did not believe that the church replaced Israel and that we are the new Israel, that our children are born into a covenant community like children born naturally to the Jews are Jewish. No, just because you are born into a Christian family doesn't make you a Christian. Being born into a Jewish family does make you Jewish and part of the seed of Abraham. When you replace Israel with the church of Jesus, you get into all of this nonsense of covenant theology, which says that God is finished with Israel and that the church is the new Israel. I do not believe in any wise that that's the teaching of the sacred scriptures of God. And so we get into all of this reformed theology about salvation But in order to follow through with John Calvin's teaching, then if you're going to be consistent with John Calvin's teaching, then you're going to be a Presbyterian. So my Baptist brethren are going to have to be inconsistent somewhere down the line. And all I'm saying to you is Job is a great model for us to follow because sooner or later we're going to come to the same place Job did in chapter 40 when God began to get a response from Job that was more in keeping in line with who Job is and who God is and recognizing that Job himself recognized that he knew nothing when it came to God and the great mysteries of God. And so in chapter 40, chapter 41, and in the last chapter, 42, Job and God come to a conclusion that Job didn't know what he was talking about, and God always does. Now, in this day of debate, now listen to me. Calvinism and the debate over soteriology and Calvinistic teaching and the teachings of of Jacob Arminius, listen to me. That was born out of debate. The remonstrance and contra-remonstrance was born out of debate. And the moment you start arguing about it, the moment you start discussing it, the moment you start talking about it, you are in a debate format and it causes division. It also causes pride and arrogance in those who hold to these doctrines as the only way to believe. Now, there is just one way, and that's God's way. And we are never going to figure it all out. There are imponderables. And you read Spurgeon, you read other men that followed the reformers, and they will bear out what I am saying. And any preacher that preaches the whole counsel of God, at times he'll be called a Calvinist. At other times he'll be called an evangelistic Arminian. And people want to categorize you one or the other. I refuse to be categorized. The Calvinists don't like me as a Calvinist. Then the Arminians don't like me as a Baptist. And I really could care less. I could not care less simply because I want to be the very best accurate Bible preacher I possibly can. And there are many times when God does give us the answer to things, but there's also sometimes when God does not. And it seems like that very few preachers can say and utter the words that seem to be the death knell to their pride. I don't 
No, actually don't is a contraction. I know that of two words. And so you could say these four words, I do not know. It's almost like it kills us to say that. But I want to say to you right up front, I do not know a lot about a lot of things, but I do know what God has clearly revealed, and that's where I'm going to be spending my time going through this 365, teaching you as much as I can of the ponderables, of the things that we can surely know, and teach you those, and exegete the passages to you. But when it comes to the great mysteries of God, the mysterion of God, then I am going to say, this is what God says here, this is what God says here. You get before God on your knees with an open Bible and an open heart and say, God, what are you speaking that's consistent and confluent and in context throughout the Bible, and God will speak to your heart. I hope that this is a help to some of you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Chris. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.